to the Neo News Today podcast. My name is Dean, and today we're going to be talking to Didier Colin de Casabon, who is the CEO and founder of Pixio Chain. Now, Pixio Chain is a project that has been in the works since 2014, and its goal is to provide a secure and compliant platform for storing and authenticating personal data. With new regulations coming in, like the GDPR in Europe, and data exploitations such as the recent Facebook scandal, Pixio is waiting in the wings to step in and provide a solution. Didier is going to tell us all about what that looks like, but first, here are some upcoming dates that you should be aware of. On March 31st, the winners of the first NEO development competition will be announced. The competition had over 400 projects register from over 40 countries, all competing for a share in a $490,000 prize pool, so we're definitely excited to see what applications come out of this event. On April 13th through April 15th, NEO and QRC are teaming up to hold a global hackathon in Tokyo. Developers can enter to win a share in 2,000 yen worth of NEO. Over the two days of competition, participants will design a blockchain project using the NEO platform. NEO and QRC will provide technical guidance throughout the event, with incubation support from QRC also on offer for the best teams. On April 14th, the NEO Amsterdam Summit will be held at the Delamar Theatre. Tickets have already gone on sale, and if you want to get in, you best get in fast, as the previous Amsterdam event sold 400 tickets in under 6 hours. Initial confirmed presentations will be from NEO, Ontology, Alchemint, NEO Global Capital, and VDT, with many more still to be announced. This will also be the first event on a second European tour, so keep an eye out for that too. Alright, let's move on to the interview. On the line I have Didier Colin de Casabon, CEO and founder of Pixio Chain. Didier, it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast. How are you today? Excellent. I just uh, land to Amsterdam on my way to uh, Paris and uh, enjoying the, uh, the lounge here in Schiphol. So, pretty Sounds good. Sounds Thank good. you. So, the, the bio on your website for you, it says, Didier juggled between working in the banking industry for over 15 years and being an entrepreneur in the software industry. Now, I have a feeling that this might be a little modest. Can you tell us a little bit more about your background? <laughs> Thank you. Well, I have a few gray hairs. So, uh, indeed, I spent uh, uh, 15 years overall in the banking industry, both part, I mean, in the financial industry, I would say, both as a VC and then as a uh, what they call commercial banker. That means uh, underwriting large loans for real estate. Uh, and besides that, I've been an entrepreneur a few times um, after being a researcher a long, long time ago. Um, and uh, so I created my first company, then the second one, then I got hired for, for a large corporation to create a sort of spin-off for them. And then I did that twice, I came back to him to, as an entrepreneur. So I kind of mix uh, these uh, these um, experience, mostly into uh, software and mostly into how software can disrupt um, existing business for the best. Okay, cool. Now... Data, right? So Pixio Chain, it, it's all about personal data. And traditionally, data is something that is incredibly sexy to people who know what to do with it and what it's worth. And and it's right. been kind of uninteresting to everyone else. However, in this in this more connected world that we're, we're living in, I think people are starting to clue on to that, you know, 
Maybe they're being taken advantage of, or maybe they're being exposed in ways they had no idea was even a risk. I mean, it feels like every week we have a new data breach or a new concern about some sort of app permissions or something like that in the news. So before we talk about the the what and the how of Pixio, I think it's important we, we frame it up by talking about the why. So can you tell me about the, the pain points, the risks, maybe the inefficiencies that exist right now in the realm of personal data? Um, that requires someone to come along and provide a solution. Right. Uh, I'll do it twofold. The first one is just to react on actuality with the Facebook case that uh, just blew up like uh, a few days ago regarding the use. Uh, and that's only the tip of the iceberg, trust me, of the use by corporation um, in partnership with Facebook of your personal data without one of your consents uh, or the, the first beginning of the consent. So that's something that probably uh, even for the, uh, even in America will really shake people in terms of how much do you share, how much do you think you shared, how much eventually is shared about you and uh, you, you're not aware of that. So there was that um, since quite a while, and again, I have gray hair, so the uh, I've seen the growth of uh, uh, social network, but also largely internet uh, and, and definitely the web and how much eventually data, your personal data, where more and more involved in, in, in a sort of a basic trade where, uh, as we say, no, if, uh, if you don't pay, that means you're the product and, and which is fine. I mean, as long as it's a knowledge and it's, it's kind of control and under control, that's fine. I think it's now completely out of control and that's on the, as a, as an individual and as a citizen, I, I, I always felt kind of a growing, uh, unease with that and discomfort, and I think now it reached a, a high level. But the real pain point uh, is actually, uh, of course, individuals, but also companies. And I think that's where also they're reaching their their break uh, breaking point regarding big data. It's uh, because it's extremely costly to collect. It's under more and more regulation. <coughs> And, uh, and when I say costly to collect, it's costly to protect. Um, and actually, when you collect, you collect literally a lot of garbage because people adopt, like me, a lot, a lot of strategies to, to kind of hide themselves behind tons of pseudos, et cetera, or, or strategies to block ads, et cetera. So it's a sort of a, a no dysfunctional system. At the beginning, okay, every everybody thought, okay, that's a great one. But I think nowadays it's really completely dysfunctional and, and that involve, that um, implies huge costs for uh business to, first of all, reestablish the sort of trust with their customer mm -hmm. in a world that's more and more digital, so it's complicated, and um, and how to, to make up uh, some return on the investment of collection of these huge data. So it looks to me, and it appeared to me like 10 years ago already, that this was not obviously the uh, the way to have a sort of um, fair balance market it's fine to have a marketplace where both agree about the deal but here the deal is not is not something you really agree with. so that's that's literally what we're trying to do address regulation that means how do you for companies to be compliant while doing it mm -hmm. secondly how to be secure and third how to um, qualify the data that you collect. That means how to 
either certify or authenticate or vet or whatever, but give some weight and value to the data you collect without incurring a lot of cost for that. That's what we're trying to address. Okay, cool. So it sounds like uh, the most of the problems you're addressing uh, is for the companies who are trying to, to manage and store and, and use that data. And, and just by extension, um, by doing that, you're also going to protect the individual who's supplying those that data to those companies as well. That, that's Correct. Because it's, yeah, it's, it's a balance between a customer needs to trust the companies that were there. They're, they're kind of ready to share data, but they want to trust these companies that they're going to take care of it properly in a fair way. First of all, that if they start to say, no, I don't want to share anymore, it's it's uh, it's included in, in, in the deal. If they said, I'd like to see, you know, what sort of benefit I really have and not see my data sold to for political reasons, then it's fine. So it's it's just to reestablish that trust between individual and companies and you need both. Yeah, cool. Yeah. All right. So so now we know what the problems are. Let's talk about how Pixio solves them. So decentralization is a good way to prevent hacks that lead to massive data leaks. However, you know, public blockchains being public, they're not exactly the best place to store sensitive personal data, right? So Correct. tell me about how Pixio approaches this and other issues to create a solution that addresses everything that you just spoke about. Yeah, and to be pretty blunt about it, the, uh, the initial design I came up with, uh, again, a long time ago, uh, was not blockchain-based. And when blockchain arrived, like it, something eight years ago with uh, Bitcoin, I read it, I thought it was fantastic, but as you just said, not addressing the uh, or proposing a good solution because that's a public blockchain. Mm -hmm. So, um, and uh, so we start with something still decentralized, but more on a peer-to-peer -peer base. So we rebuild a peer-to-peer -peer network. We build a lot of protocols for protection, encryption, etc. And uh, it's only when uh, Jorik, who's uh, one of my co-founder, came uh, in the picture like four, something like four years ago, we say, you know, uh, there may, may be something we could do with blockchain, uh, which is a permission-based blockchain. I say, what's that? So he explained to me, uh, I, I frankly was not too sure at the beginning, but he, he was stubborn and actually he's pretty brilliant. So he, he, uh, he developed the thing. So basically what we do is like to use um, the, the benefits of the blockchain, and I can come back on that. But in a in a um, defined environment, that means it's an ecosystem that's permission based, mm -hmm. and so you you should you you can have the the benefit of both worlds. Yeah, sure. And and this is a proprietary chain, right? This is, uh, am I understanding Correct. correctly? It's not a, an open source thing. It's, I mean, you guys mm -hmm. are you're a company, and and being because you are handling personal data and you got to be careful about how this is shared and the regulations. That's why you've gone down that route. Is that correct? You're correct. And and also because our customers uh, being banks, et cetera, extremely sensitive to any kind of protection and regulation, we're not too keen to work with open uh, open source software. So that's definitely what we did. Now, we, we, we're moving 
towards open opening at least part of the uh, the code so uh, others can start to develop things as well on it uh, while still respecting the architecture and the uh, and the guidelines yeah. yeah sure and then just to clarify to our this is no being neo news today people are going to wonder you know the connection with neo uh, it's the token that you're using the neo nep5 token to to power um, the, the pkc token mm -hmm. for your blockchain um, that's correct. Right? Yes. Yeah. Cool. That's absolutely correct. So we do these two separate chains. So Unchained or Ontology is two separate chain than us. Uh, I mean, a separate chain than us. But the uh, so we decide to use the, uh, the the new format for token. That's the first step. The second step that we're working on now is to uh, see with Ontology how we can start uh, interoperate with either other chains or other initiatives around digital identity. Uh, because we're, we're really believing that um, it's, uh, it's going to be a whole uh, complex world. It is a whole complex world. Mm -hmm. there's, there's many smart initiatives around. Um, and for whatever reason, customer can go one way or another, as long as they're not open change, because that wouldn't solve the problem. But if they're if they're not, then we can probably collaborate, and that's 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 something we want to uh, explore with Ontology how their and the proposal of a sort of a meta pipeline uh, can be used. Yeah, when I read through your white paper, I did. I get the sense that your um, values are very much in line with some of the stuff Ontology is looking to do. So I, I, I can see that being yep. a really uh, fruitful uh, relationship there. Now, yep. when I was reading through some of uh, the announcements of your partnerships, uh, I, I got the sense that, that Pixio's strategy is more to go after the big institutional clients with large customer bases and, and really try and solve those problems en masse that way, rather than trying to market to the indiv individual, I guess. Is that fair? And can you tell us a little bit about those partnerships that you've already established? Yes, there. That's very. That's a very good point. The uh, as 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 I said, it's a it's a it's a project that we started a long time ago, and even before developing anything, we we surveyed a lot, and I surveyed a lot uh, individuals and in, in, in different uh, capacities and different countries, etc., to understand. What's the what's the friction? What's the traction? And uh, and basically how I could build a business behind that, not mm -hmm. just to save the world, but also build a, build a, build a business. And uh, the reactions were very very uh, positive in general. Uh, so that means people were more and more aware of the not just the risk about their data, but also the value of their data. The real problem I faced at that time, uh, and not that long ago actually. As surveys, where monetization that means how do we make a business out of it? And because nobody was ready to jump into uh, a paying service, you know, so uh, ready to use the service of protection, etc., not to pay for it. So uh, that's one of the things. The second thing we realized also um, was that it's not just individuals among. Uh, on their own, it's it's a business. It's a, it's an economy. Personal data is a real economy. I mean, Google can talk to you about that a long mm -hmm. time, yep. for a long period. And um, and so it's definitely an economy. And where the, the real flow of of uh, uh, transactions of or money is between business. It's business produ producing or collecting or certifying the data and then other using it. So. Um, 
at the same time, you cannot forget the individual because either by regulation or by uh, by design, you, you individuals are always or should be always involved in the in the uh, in the sort of uh, transaction or flow of their their own data. So we realized that if we wanted to make a business and if we wanted to really deliver on our promise to have a sort of fair marketplace, we had to go B to B to C. Um, or C to B to B, whatever, but it has to come to have to imply the three components, mm-hmm. two business at least, and one individual. Um, and that's where uh, we start to really approach more um, as opposed to other initiatives who are more um, what, what you call you no know, sovereign identity based. That means it's individual, you know, gathering the information and trying to get them certified and trying to use them. We, we respect that. That's one thing, but that's not the road we took. We really took B to B to C. Okay, Make cool. sense? Yep, yep. So, can you tell me a little bit about the the partnerships that you've already established and uh, how you'll be working? Right. What what the scope of those partnerships are? Yeah. So, two things there. Uh, first of all, in terms of uh, clients, uh, we we looked at all the different industries, and there are several uh, we are uh, using or, or dealing with. Uh, uh, a lot of customer data, and you will find uh, banking, insurance, healthcare, etc. And in these industry, which ones had the more uh, identified pain point? Uh, because that's where, again, as a businessman, that's where you know that you will eventually being able to invoice. So, uh, banking, banking, and insurance were definitely the two uh, companies, uh, not companies, trade. Um, in um, under a lot of regulation, under a lot of um, constraints and, and pressure to do that. So that's why we approach uh, bank and insurance first. And uh, that's where we have our major base for the moment uh, as clientele. Uh, one of the one one of them being the BNP Paribas, which is a large European bank uh, with headquarter in France. So that's, that's one thing. And we'll keep we keep plugging around there. We, I think we uh, we have now uh, a good um, um, chance to sign with most of the uh, large banks in France and pretty soon in Benelux and uh, in Germany. So we, we're growing there and, and actually in the US as well. So we're growing there. Uh, now, the second, um, and, and of course, when you do that, you work with them as well to define the uh, Basically, the, what's going to be in the equivalent of the smart contracts? That means what sort of data and what what they expect you to do. Um, that's the first thing. The second partnership we have uh, start is also with uh, basically the big five. They're not five anymore, but the big six or seven consulting company uh, like uh, EY, like. Uh, PVC, like Capgemini, et cetera, or Atos. So, uh, and the reason is that we want, that's more business strategy, is we want to remain lean and mean as long as we can to push the, the envelope and put it as far as possible before getting big and fat. Um, and, um, and, and so that means all the pre-sales, that means all the consulting part and all the implementation part, we partner with these big guys who have big brands, who have, you know, the, the trust of their customer, because we're still a small startup. So when you sign with BNB, and you say, okay, I'm going to implement a solution in three countries in the next few months, 
well, you have to be, <laughs> you have to believe you. Yeah. And, uh, and they believe you better if you say, well, you know, we partner with Capgemini on yeah. that contract. Sure, sure. Awesome. So let's talk about some of the products you have on the way. Uh, there's, there's Pixio Me, Pixio Pro, Pixio Lab, and The Wallet. So can you give me a, a little bit of information on each of those, who they're targeted towards, and, and how they'll be used? What, what I specifically kind of want to get into is what, what the user experience is going to be like using Pixio Chain, because it's, it's, it's all well and good you know, to talk about kind of you know, what we're trying right. to solve and what it'll do, but uh, the listener, I think, you know, wants to know when they hold the application in their hand, how are they going to use it, if you know what I mean. Yeah, absolutely. So the uh, Pixio Pro is the um, the, uh, the 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 more B two B product line. So that's where uh, many banks, for the moment, of corporation or governments, like today in Bahrain, we're installing that. We will install that for the government. The, uh, they're um, they're more infrastructure based. So it's the use of the Pixio chain to solve uh, kind of internal supply chain issue. So basically moving data uh, among uh, silos, uh, certifying these data, carrying the certification, monetizing that internally or externally with partners, um, and collecting the data while also certifying them. And I will come up with an example. But this, this is picture Pro. So it's literally that uh, either consortium-based or uh, kind of uh, ecosystem-based uh, permission-based um, uh, chain, so the use of the picture chain. Mm -hmm. um, and it can be completely internal without even reaching the, uh, the level of the, um, or the interaction with the consumer. Now, um, then we have um, PixioMe, and PixioMe, that's a, a suite of wallets that we're developing. And you mentioned the uh, token sale wallet, which we kind of brand the wallet for the moment. Mm -hmm. um, and we will have, uh, during this few months or quarter, we will have several wallets like that. Um, the uh, e-traveler, I mean, I call that e-traveler. These are code names. These are not going to be right. the final names. E-traveler, the e-patient, um, the uh, sort of e-banking, um, oh, and the e-employee. Basically, uh, a wallet for any kind of uh, individual situation where you can find yourself uh, facing um, the, 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 the production or the collection of a lot of different kind of data, but more per, per vertical. The reason is that, uh, and that's the PixioMe approach, uh, you can have one PixioMe with all of these wallets, or you can choose to just pick one because it's uh, pretty, pretty over, otherwise pretty overwhelming yeah. to, to have all of them. But that's our approach, more B2C. Um, and the uh, and then Pixio Labs is the uh, the opportunity for it's an initiative it's kind of an accelerator where we and uh, I mentioned initially we're trying to open a little bit the chain mm -hmm. so because we're not going to be able to cover everything and we don't have the intention we prefer to develop an ecosystem ourselves around the Pixio chain so that's the opportunity for uh, startups to um, meet some uh, needs from a corporation that. Uh, send us a request and then we put them together so they can use the chain and develop a specific application on on it um, and that program is supported by us it's um neo is interested to support it as well so we, we're discussing that but it's mainly uh, um, uh, developed and supported by us and we for some of them we will um, 
invest some PKCs for uh, bootstrapping their uh, their initiative. Um, that's the uh, that's basically the three main uh, gateways to the Pixio chain for the moment. Okay, cool. Now, with Pixio Me, uh, you mentioned you've got all the, the different wallets available, or you can have a, mm-hmm. a an all in one. When would someone download that wallet and start using it? So, w- would I go into a bank maybe that that uses Pixio, and I'd be I don't know signing up to get a, a loan, and they'd say I'd you know download the Pixio Me app and put your data into there, and that's an easy way to share us. When would I? What would be the call for me to actually download that and install that on my phone and start Sorry. using it? Yeah, that's a very good point. There's two ways. Either you would call that invitation. That means in your bank say, you know, from now on, we're using Pixio as a uh, as a platform for uh, dealing with all your uh, your personal data and the privacy regulation and all that. So uh, if you want to use that Pixio service, then in, in their application, because we come in the, as a background, we, we more uh, called by API. So in their existing mobile application, by example, you will access your Pixio space. And on the Pixio right. space, you can control, access your data, control, who can blah, blah, blah. And you have your, your Pixio, basically it's your Pixio wallet. So that Pixio wallet gives you a Pixio ID and you will be able to, depending the uh, the scope of the ecosystem created by the bank, you will be able to use that Pixio ID with other partners in that ecosystem. So gotcha. you don't have to repeat identification, et cetera, et cetera. That's one way to do it. The other way is more uh, you got to know Pixio initiative on its own and you want to do it from scratch on your own. And you will be able to do that either as a simple um, simple EQYC, we call that, which is the, your basic identity that you can then go to your bank and ask to have the certification of your various documents or stuff like that. Not just your bank, we provide uh, we provide around how many in our it's a bit or more than that 550 connect we call that connectors that means source of data that uh, can certify or authenticate the documents based on which you we certify the data um, so it's kind of the um, sovereign identity uh, part of it uh, but you will be able to use that in a ecosystem that we grow in ourselves now we have a, a, a much more exciting i think uh, um, initiative called a token sale wallet, where you will be able to do that uh, process of identifying and certifying yourself once, and then use it uh, to uh, purchase token from several uh, ICO uh, coming up, and uh, either uh, existing ICO or already uh, past ICO, where it's still uh, a way to purchase uh, uh, to exchange or directly to the uh, the ICO uh, issuer or the token issuer. The benefit for you is that you're only going to have to register one and once because now every ICO will have to go to a pretty painful QIC, AML process, etc. And uh, and it's like opening an account every single day to another bank. I mean, other pain in an egg. So you don't you don't want that, and nobody wants that except regulators, uh, because they don't buy ICO. So <laughs> they uh, <laughs> so so they don't care. But the um, so that's the service we will provide. That means um, on one hand, as an individual customer experience, you just press the button. We'll have a list of all the ICOs who enroll, and then you can go straight away. 
Uh, and for the ICO issuers, you will have access to a pool of already, first of all, you're not going to have to build up all these uh, process, which is pretty annoying and painful and actually costly. And you will have access, uh, um, a snowballing effect, you will have access already to a, to a lot of um, uh, certified individuals uh, that we have either to banking relationships or because they build up their own certification. Yeah, cool. I think that's a, a, a fun way to get people into the, the Pixio chain ecosystem as well, providing exactly. a service like that. So I think that, exactly. that will work really well. So let's let's discuss the, the PKC token utility. You've described it in your white paper as the, the lifeblood of the, the Pixio chain ecosystem. And I also yep. read that you will regularly be buying tokens back off the exchanges to sell to your enterprise clients um, at a markup to yep. make things easier for them so they don't have to go and worry about getting on Binance or whatever. Right. Um, so, but when would someone use the PKC token? What functionalities require them to, to make a transaction in PKC? So for the uh, for the company, so for the business to business business, business, so company who wants to purchase um, a certificate, not the data themselves, because the data belongs to you, and I don't think we'll go to monetization of the data themselves that way. I'll come back to that. But the, uh, the certificate provided by a bank or by any kind of credential provider on a specific type of data, then they will have to use PKCs. So the, the uh, clearinghouse that we provide on each of the chain that uh, is run by PKC. So if the bank issue a KYC and certify a KYC about you, that means give you a Pixio identity, certified Pixio identity, and it's used by a retailer, by example, that retailer will compensate the bank X, uh, X amount of PKCs, that's that to the bank to decide. Um, and um, and that's we clearing, we, we, we uh, we seal that transaction to the chain. That's uh, we mine that transaction, so to speak, in the, on the chain. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's business to business. Now, and and that's we. There's a lot of flow, as we know, between business and business purchasing or trying to use that data and the certificate regarding these data. The data, it's always you transferring the data because you're the owner of the data. Um, so, or at least you give your permission every single time. Yep. Now, as an individual, as I said, you you will be able to build your own. Um, your own um, wallet, not the wallet itself, the, uh, the content of the digital ID. Here we go. Yeah. Um, and uh, that means you will need to uh, not just declare data, but also get them certified. And for that, you will need tokens because not everybody's going to do that freely or, or for free. And uh, so we will give you, as a, at the beginning, a few of the tokens. Uh, that's part of our bootstrapping effort. But after that, you will have to use tokens. Uh, I'll give you an example. We'd, uh, we're discussing with RMV in the US. RMV is the uh, registered medical, uh, mobile vehicle. So they're the one delivering your license, basically. And without a license in the US, you, you, you're nobody. Uh, there is no, there's no real ID or password for most of the people, but the driver license is very important. And you have to renew it every now and then. Yeah. Basically, you have to go there. So they take your picture, they verify that you still can see something or whatever. So, and they charge you. And what we're proposing, and that's a very, very important document for any kind of process in the U.S. Any do you ask for credit, anything. Um, there's a lot of fraud as well, as you can imagine, especially among the students, etc. So, the um, um, now the <laughs> we propose to the RMV to charge people 
uh, either a few PKC or uh, $5, let's put it that way. Uh, in addition, to, when they come to renew, so they have their driver license saved and certified on the Pixio chain in their Pixio wallet. Uh, in that case, as an individual, you will need to use the, the, to buy some PKCs uh, or you already have them and pay the uh, RMV. That's where, um, that's, the, that's the kind of certification you probably will be ready to spend five bucks for it. For, yep. okay. Cool. Now, when people talk about banks and, and cryptocurrency in the same breath, it's normally, you know, with a bit of friction. But, you know, you were talking there yeah, about... There's definitely, there's <laughs> definitely, that's, and that's where we, you mentioned, I'm glad you mentioned that, that's where even our own clients, believe it or not, when we say, oh, yeah, no, no, we do a, a, an ICO, etc., and we're going to have some pro proceed from that, uh, could we send that to our bank accounts? They, they were scared. I said, no. <laughs> And then we say, okay, fine, we'll find another way. But now, could you, since you're going to have to use PKCs, if you use our system at one point, not immediately, but at one point, why don't you purchase some in advance and you get even a premium? No, we don't. They, they, it's not actually, they didn't say no. They just say, well, yes, but where do we put that in our currency system? Yeah. We, we have no clue where we put that. So basically, that went down the drain. That's why we're saying, that's fine. You're going to have to purchase from us, but because it's a limited uh, inventory, we'll buy that from the market and you'll pay a premium. Uh, and that's too bad for you, <laughs> but good for everybody who has tokens, but that's too bad for you. And, that, and that's fine. You know, for them, that's fine. As long because they just don't know. You cannot yeah. imagine woman having BNP opening an account at Kraken. I mean, that will yeah. be done. <laughs> that doesn't exist. Yeah. Are there going to be any, um, are there any fiat off ramps in the works for any of those customers who want to go back from PKC into cash? Um, where they would be able to get cash back uh, when they offer PKCs? Yeah. I mean, when they accept PKC um, for, you know, for doing any sort of um, authentication of data and so on and so forth. Is yes. there, is there any way for them to get that back into, into fiat? Yes, they, we, we're working on that. Yes. Okay, cool. Absolutely. Sweet. So roadmap-wise, um, when do you expect the bulk of this to be up and running? Well, the, uh, the, the, the picture chain itself is running. The, uh, the installation at BNP uh, and some other clients now are working as well. So that's the infrastructure. That's all the picture pro. And, uh, and, the, uh, and the, when they call the... Uh, the um, the Pixio um, Pro um, uh, smart contracts through uh, APIs into their their way. So that that exists and it's up and running. The thing that we're working on now and that's going to be released by uh, end of June is that uh, is the token sales wallet that I was mentioning to you earlier. That's that's the one that's going to be a real end user uh, with a pure community base. Uh, purpose, which is the crypto and and, and ICOs or ITO, we should say now, uh, community, not not really involving banks or whatever. And that's going to be a release in, in um, uh, yes, end of June. Cool, sounds great. And uh, your token sale, it's actually ongoing at the moment. Uh, you, you've done this over a period of time. So, uh, yep. when does that end, and how should one go about uh, getting involved if they if they're interested? Oh, I hope they will because it's the last 10 days uh, we ending at the end of this month. Okay. So uh, that's going to be the end of, uh, of the process. 
And they should go on PixYourChain.com and go for it. Sweet. And uh, then if anyone wants to join your community, uh, is, do you have a Twitter or Reddit? Uh, where where yes. should they go to stay connected? Uh, we have a pretty decent uh, community on Telegram uh, and Twitter. We not not much on, but there's a bit of on Reddit as well. But I would say the main one, at least to start, would be the uh, would be the Telegram one, uh, definitely. Okay, and and the links to all those social accounts are, are going to be on pixiochain.com. Yes. Cool, sweet. Absolutely. All right, Didier, uh, thank you so much for your time. Uh, taking the time to talk to us while you're on your travels. Um, we're glad to have Pixio Chain in the Neo ecosystem. And uh, I wish you all the best with, with uh, the remainder of the token sale and um, the launch of your product, mate. Yeah, the, the, regarding the, the uh, Neo community, we are actually working with uh, Neo to uh, have the whole uh, gang coming in uh, Paris and, uh, and either Zurich or Zug, we don't know yet, uh, end of April. So there's going to be some announcement regarding that, but the Hong Fei, June, and the whole gang will come uh, for meetups in uh, in Paris, and so we'll 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 communicate on that pretty soon. We, we're finalizing the whole deals. Sounds That's going to be mate. exciting. Sounds great. All right, mm -hmm. mate. Thanks for your time, and uh, yeah, I, all right. We'll we'll, we'll see uh, maybe in Paris. <laughs> Excellent. Thank you, Dean. All right. Thanks, mate. Take care.